Press the button, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> What is up, my sweet sugar bushes? Welcome to another episode of Snacks Pack. Special so, episode. Special episode. So we've kind of made it a ritual here that we are going to start recording Lucy's after every season just because we're kind of fucking... Gives uh, us time to reorient. Yeah, re- out what we want to do for the next Recuperate and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, that intro music... Like I said, was by Cliff Diver. I think I've said that before. Yeah. Um, and if I remember correctly, with they're good friends of mine. Uh, love Joey to death. They actually just got signed to Side One Dummy Records. So oh. congratulations oh. to them. Oh, nice. Proud of you, Cliff Diver. You've done amazing. Did they put that we are going to use all of their material? Yeah. I, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna message him and be like, Hey, we're gonna use oh, we every trouble. single bit of your your songs on this <laughs> podcast now. Uh, but yeah, it's a special uh, episode. Because we have with us um, a special guest. guest. Michael, you want to introduce yourself? (laughs) A special. Very special. Yeah, very special. (laughs) Incredibly special, actually. Mm. My name is Michael. Michael James, MJ, whatever you like to call me. I am one of the hosts of podcasts, What Kind of Party? Do you want to tell them about your podcast? Yeah, you want to tell them a little bit about you it? You can I'm, plug it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can yeah. use Shameless. this free advertisement. Dude. We don't care. That's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically, it's uh, me and a long, lifelong friend, uh, Simone. We basically just talk about. We want to get. Basically, the gist of it was we want to get people that are doing different things in life and nice. kind of bring light to what they're doing and also kind to. Like how everyone is similar but different in their own different ways, if that makes sense. Just yeah. bring light to That's different cool. lives oh, in sorry. the world. I just fucking smacked the shit out of my mic with like my eleven hundred dollar computer. I <laughs> <laughs> just fucked it up. Um, so That's a really cool idea. Yeah, I no, like fuck that a lot. Yeah, I very much I've listened to a, a handful of y'all's episodes. I know when you first followed us, we, we pay very close attention to what um, Diff, what yeah. other podcasts uh, follow us on Instagram? So every time we get a follow from a different podcast, we uh, <laughs> it's not well, we do a background check. Give an ocular pat down. Yeah, give an ocular pat down. And uh, so we we listened to you guys a couple of your episodes, and we thought you guys were pretty cool. So we were like, you know, what? we should reach out to them and. I mean, we've been talking about doing this for a while. Yeah, actually. I was going to say, just, it's cool you guys do guests yeah, a lot because no, we've sure. never yeah. done guests. Sure. Yeah, we've yeah. never had... You're our first guest on this podcast. Yeah, we've never <laughs> oh, done guests that. before. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that. we were, we were, we were, you know, we were fucking scouting you guys out to see if, uh, <laughs> if you know, you'd be a good fit. So we were like, hell yeah, let's yeah, have yeah, worthy. One. Yeah, if we're <laughs> worthy of this, our, our dozens of listeners. Um, <laughs> um, so the next season of our podcast is going to be um, true cinema, crime true club. cinema crime club. Where because we did a season where we covered crimes or movies that were based off crimes, and basically Goose would watch the movie, I did the crime, and then the next episode we switch. I would watch the movie, he would do the crime. This next season is going to be um, crimes that are based off movies. So we did the cult, the Believers. They were super influenced by that movie, The Believers. I think with Martin Sheen and. Uh, uh, fucking nerds influenced by a movie. Who gets fucking influenced by a movie these days, dude? Um, what is this, Satanic Panic? But uh, uh, so we were going to do 
movies, or I'm sorry, crimes that were based off movies. So I thought a good segue uh, into that would for, you know, what, you know, what else or, should we do yeah. is we'll fucking talk about crime. So, um, and we <laughs> thought for sure that someone from New York probably could think of yeah, a crime that e- has happened. Exactly. In the area. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> what we're going to oh, do. For sure. Yeah. Um, got all the good ones, dude. <laughs> yeah. um, so basically what we're going to do. the best crime. Yeah. <laughs> you, got, uh, you know, top of, the, top of the line crime in New York from what I've heard. Um, so, uh, um, we're just going to go around. Yeah, so Michael's, Michael's got one us. from New York and then we got one from Kansas. I have a second one because we were planning on having Simone here, but, uh, obviously she has things she needs to do and that's, uh, are there pronouns? Yeah, she's all over the place. Her, she, uh, her. And yeah, she, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool, yep. cool, cool. Just yep. making sure. Uh, but yeah, she's got things For she sure. needs to do and that's perfectly okay. So I'll take her spot with a crime from New York that I really, really find quite interesting. Um, but yeah, Michael, you can go ahead and start us off and tell us about uh, the one you've picked. All right. So basically, it's actually funny you guys said with the movie because they're actually making a documentary on this guy. Nice, nice. So his name is David Berkowitz, aka the Son of Sam. I've heard about the Son of yeah. Sam, but I have no idea. Like, I've, I. It I, is very I, yeah. interesting, He's and it's probably, also yeah. very interesting because, like, because you guys are just did cults. And apparently, his origin story has to do with a satanic cult. Nice. Yes, I didn't even nice. know that. And I was doing research. I'm like, oh, that makes crazy stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. We so find he, those connections on accident <laughs> all the time. It's yeah. the best. <laughs> <laughs> so he grew up in New York City. He actually served in the army. Nice. Which Same. I did not know as well. I'm like, well, that's Yeah, crazy. me too. Those he was arrested. army people suck. <laughs> I've been there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was arrested for killing six people and wounding seven others with a 44 caliber. Nice. He was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences and a possible parole, parole after 25 years. He was, the and he claims, this is the craziest thing, he claims the reason that he was killing these people was because his neighbor's dog, which is named Sam, was telling him to do it. Oh shit! Mm. Yeah, so the he, old dog he blame, says, "Blame the dog yeah, for the serial killing dog trick." The classic, <laughs> yep. <dude>. classic. Yep. <laughs> but he 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 said that he referred the dog was in the satanic cult. Nice. And the dog was telling him like to Ms. do this. Mr. Pickles from Adult Swim, that yeah. movie about the satanic <laughs> oh, yeah. dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. It really is crazy, and. Uh, like I said, there's a Netflix documentary on it, which is, yeah. I, de- I really didn't even know that until looking it up. I'm like, well, I have to mm. watch this now. And then researching it, they're saying that he might not be even the only one that's doing these crimes. Like no shit. he had an interview and he said, he said, yeah, I wasn't the one that pulled the trigger every time. Oh, so I, I wasn't so the only one have an accomplice, but he's also kind of fucking Wait, crazy. Yeah. So. Is that implying an accomplice or that there were like copycat shooters? Multiple. So no, oh. I, so in the, like in the thing, it's saying that like there might be like a group that are going. Oh, around. okay. I wonder oh, if the dog's involved. That's crazy. I wonder if the dog I was fired. just reading yeah, really this, <laughs> this like internet wormhole of like, uh, uh, like underreported highway shootings, yeah. Like in New Orleans, apparently there's like a big epidemic of that, and that's uh, crazy. I know. That's a, what if there's something to say? No shit, yeah, really. Yeah, crazy. I'm gonna be in New Orleans <laughs> at the end of September. Well, don't get uh, don't get highway shot. All right, <laughs> <laughs> too easy. I can do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I did. I, we were actually. It's crazy how. 
Um, when did these take place? Back in seventy seven, seventy seven, something like that. Yeah. Right? So he's still actually alive now. I'm trying. I was trying to figure out. I'm like, you know, where's he at right now? Yeah. So he's still. He is at a correctional facility in Shawangunk, uh, in upstate New York. Okay. And I'm also. I'm like about forty minutes from there. Nice. Go visit. Him. Yeah. So you're gonna see him. <laughs> <laughs> Go visit. Him. Like, what's up? Put dude? him on the podcast. That's so funny because we're yeah, like, right? uh, uh, we. So we covered Heaven's Gate last episode, oh, yeah. and Goose has been emailed. So I don't know if you listened to that full episode, but um, the Heaven's Gate website is still up and running. It's it's and it looks just like it did from the '90s. It's still functional. You can email them, and they will respond because when Heaven's wow. Gate did what they did, they they ascended to a higher level of being. They left behind two people to run the website. Um, and it was intentional because the people who the people who who ascended, you know, took their own life. They had a patch on their jacket that said "Heaven's Gate Away Team," um, and uh, which I can I can appreciate the comedic value of it, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, Goose was emailing back and forth with them and asked them to be on the podcast, and they, they were like, no. "No, thank you, no, thank you." <laughs> That's uh, it. But we did buy one of their books. Yeah, uh, we, we bought we yeah about two of their yeah. books, uh, the original <laughs> books that they. Yeah, the, in the 90s the or- to distribute when they did this. Yes, nice. sir. Yeah, which is we're excited to <laughs> get. Apparently, they're sitting on just tons of those. Yeah, to this uh, day. you're telling me they're not popping off. I'm and people honestly aren't surprised. Them. Yeah, uh, they, but the funniest thing about it was they told me that they were not for resale or anything like that. And I was like, okay, do you guys have like an agreement that I need to sign? And they're like, no, you just tell yeah, us yeah, that you won't do that. Just say that you won't do uh, it. So I sent him a letter and I was like, I won't sell this. <laughs> this non-legally binding contract. It's yeah, like, I was uh, like, this I isn't going to hold it's up. It's like a, a culture hustle, the Anish Kapoor thing. Um, oh Anish yeah, Kapoor, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of Culture Hustle. If you're like an artist or anything, they're they're a paint company uh, uh, created by Stuart Simple uh, or Simpel. I always get that kind of wrong, but uh, it was back when Anish Kapoor, this Indian artist, he created the black or he got a fucking copyright on Banta Black, which was the world's yeah. blackest black at the time. It is worth like ninety nine percent of light. So Stuart, in return, starts making his own, like, pinkest pink, blackest black, and stuff like that. And whenever you buy one of his paints, you have to, like, click an agreement that's like, you are not Anish Kapoor. You will not sell this to Anish Kapoor. You're not buying this on behalf of Anish Kapoor. Yeah, it's a whole fucking thing. It's great, though. I love shit like that. Um, I mean, you got any any, so, yeah, any more information? Yeah, go visit the Son of Sam. Tell us how it goes. Um <laughs> yeah, so right. yeah, go ahead. Sorry, what do you mean to get off on a tangent there? We do that. No, you're good. Uh, that I mean, that was a lot of the information. Like, I, like the my main thing was the fact that he wasn't the only one. Yeah, like, which yeah. is crazy. There's still yeah, a that chance. Is crazy. There's still a chance that he's not like. There's also more sons of yeah, Sam. That's basically that's how they said it. Fucking I crazy. Pull. I googled that New Orleans thing, and the article came up is like New Orleans serial so shootings unsolved, up. unhindered, and it said potentially sixty related shootings. God damn, dude, oh, that is a shit. That's what we were talking about before I went off on whatever the fuck I was yeah. talking about. <laughs> the, the how easy, oh shit, how easy it would be to like, you just sh- especially in the seventies, just drive around and shoot people out on the highway like that, like. They don't have the forensic technology, and especially if you keep your shell casings, like they're not 
They're not gonna. They're not gonna find you. I mean, you just leave. You know, like just leave. Yeah. Because the bullet, they'll never be able to figure out where you fired no, from. Yeah, you're yeah. Usually going in the opposite yeah. direction or past it. or you something. You just gotta get really just, good at firing yeah. from a moving vehicle. Um, like which, DC, that was yeah. a DC shooter. Yeah, like, DC yeah, shooter. Exactly. From yeah. the back of a truck. Yeah. yeah. Or didn't he have like a hole cut out in the back of yeah. a van and he was sitting in the van That's shooting? Goddamn insane. That's fucking bananas to me, dude. It's That's honestly crazier. We don't have more. More. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess. I guess serial killing is not the norm yeah, so uh, right, right, uh, right. which I've got an interesting <laughs> that must shooting. be it yeah it's gotta be it I've got an interesting shooting story for the New York case that I'm gonna tell you about okay today. well um, uh, so it's funny you talk about ballistics in the 70s because that's a good segue into mine so I unless you had more to cover Michael no you're good okay. yep so I'm covering one that's close to where we live but isn't in Kansas it's in uh, Skidmore Missouri which is in the northwestmost point it touches Kansas um it, so it's about Ken McElroy of Skidmore, Missouri. Uh, Ken was born in Skidmore in the year 1934, the uh, 15th of 16 children. Jesus. Uh, some reports Christ. said 13 Jeez, of 14, and so I think maybe there was someone yeah. was including like a stillborn or something. Yeah, but yeah. still, still stop, end of the line yeah, for a wild shitload <laughs> of kids. <laughs> Dude, back then, I mean, you needed the kids to just, like, work the farm and yeah, stay alive. Yeah, that you was know? your Yeah, that was your employment source. <laughs> Plus, right once there. you have, like, I don't know, eight, you have enough to keep the rest alive. Yeah, yeah. Right? True. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, just raise themselves. Yeah, you got point. it. You guys it's know like, how to do this. Yeah, it's like Norns. They just <laughs> raise do- themselves <laughs> at that point. <laughs> yeah. uh, not much is known or reported about the Ken McElroy's youngest years, but at, by the time he was 13, he'd already gained a reputation in the small town of 400 as the town bully. Um, he was doing all the standard bully shit. Stealing cats. S- killing cats. Killing cats. Stealing yeah. lunch money. Shoplifting from <laughs> local businesses. Probably like kicking dirt or spitting. Yeah, you or know? spitting. They're always spitting. <laughs> well, sure. I, asked, I asked about the uh, 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 killing cats thing because there's something that I've came across every time I've covered like uh, every time I've covered like a serial killer, like kill like a, a psychotic. Well, um, hold on, I got a burp. Is it here? Is it coming? No, no it's gone. All right. So um, the uh, the I, it's part of the McDonald's triad, which is uh, uh, created by psychiatrist J.M. McDonald, and it's kind of like the three precursors that someone's oh, like yeah. going to be a psychopath, wow. and it's it's uh, fascination with setting fires, cruelty to animals, and bedwetting past a certain age. Dude, isn't that crazy that the like the other two seem so obvious? Yeah, and then bedwetting <laughs> yeah. from the and top then yeah. <laughs> James has been oh. pissing his pants since he was thirteen <laughs> years old. Oh, Dude, that is about to kill people. Oh, nah. He's bound for yeah, it. He's like, <laughs> yeah, you keep your eye on that one, dude. <laughs> Um, go ahead. Sorry, my whole, co- like, almost all of my cousins were bedwetters until way into the end of their lives. The and I was like, huh. oh, man. Oh, no. But they love the animals. So red flag. Clear. Yeah, red flag And, right and also, there. everybody lights, likes lighting fires. Yeah, that true. I, I used to light myself on fire for fun as a kid. Everybody so. likes a little <laughs> bit of fire play. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, doing all the standard bully shit. Uh, dropped out of high school, or dropped out of school in eighth grade, which is always a good start to life as a productive citizen. And from there <laughs> nice. is when he began his life of crime. Nice. Um, he stole anything he could get his hands on, grain, alcohol, livestock. Um, he also stole antiques as part of his cover, like for his, to report his income. He said he was an antique dealer. Nice. Which is the perfect job for if you want to avoid taxes yeah, or have yeah, weird, is, unexplained amounts of money move. <laughs> yeah. Um, by this time... So I saw a couple people report this that said he had no social security number. 
How? I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. That's incredible, dude. You beat the system. That's incredible. Yeah. I was like, uh, I guess once you have like 15 kids, you stop going to this government yeah, to tell them. Fair. You're like, yeah, I just had him at the barn. How are you going to get that tax yeah, right. credit? Yeah. Get that child tax uh, credit. So uh, by the time, yeah, he had no known social security number, could not read, and did not have a bank account. The two things before are probably related to the third thing. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, you need a social security number to open up. But what year was this? Uh, this was uh, starting in 1934 is when he uh, was born. So you just kept your money in your mattress. So yeah, it's like, exactly. You don't need a bank yeah. account. I mean, you're born fair. in Missouri in yeah. the 30s. Yeah, you're you kept fucked. your money in a yeah. mattress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, despite all of the amazing... Um, ground he'd set to be a productive citizen uh over the course of his life he was indicted 21 separate times for, fel- for felonies nice Jeez. dude uh Golly. assault arson animal cruelty animal rustling burglary and even statutory rape and he got off every single what why every single time largely in part due to the efforts of his lawyer richard mcfadden who defended him three or four times a year what because uh, his efficacy Shit. in defense led to accusations of him being a mob lawyer, but I was like, in bum fuck yeah, Missouri? Missouri? Like, <laughs> the mob is definitely interested yeah. in your town of 400 yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so the explanation was probably more simple. McElroy had a long history of intimidating witnesses. The 5'10", 270-pound man who always carried a gun with him would follow witnesses and jurors home and place rattlesnakes in their mailboxes Dude, as a threat. Fuck yeah, they and would. I was like, what is he just go get a rattlesnake <laughs> yeah dude well i don't I, so, yeah, he's like oh shit i gotta go intimidate yeah, someone yeah, i gotta yeah. find my rattlesnake he's got guy. like a rattlesnake bin he's like flips it open and pulls out a rattlesnake yeah so i looked up this is the I, one today yeah this, this is it you're, you're going in a mailbox today so i looked up the missouri mob and i found a wikipedia page kansas for the city, kansas city yeah. crime family they are a real thing years active 1912 to present yeah so that's what ozark is it. about is the kansas that's city mob true, yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's real, yeah. yeah. If you watch, uh, have you ever seen the Fargo TV show? I have the not. The TV actually. show, it's so good, and it takes place with the Kansas City mob. Oh it's no, really shit. cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a, nice. it's a really good show. It's like a like kind of a weird, almost supernatural. Just almost, but mostly like crime thriller. It's, okay, it's yeah. a really cool show. It's super strange. And Billy Bob Thornton's in it. So. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Billy Bob Thornton. Um, And let's see. So, oh, yeah. Uh, he would put the rattlesnakes in. He would also just go to people's houses and just shoot his gun around. Classic. Nice. Yeah, you know? classic intimidation <laughs> Dude, technique. My, my uh, buddy lives in KC, and we were playing D&D. And he tells me that people shoot at near his house all yeah, the time. Yeah. But I was like, you know, it could be fireworks. Yeah. And then I hear someone fire off like a string. And yeah. I was like, that was a rifle. <laughs> that was a, that was a gun. Not a fire. <laughs> you said it was in Kansas City? Dude, yeah. Dude, yeah, when I, lived in, <laughs> when I lived in Kansas City, I would just like, you could just sit on the front porch, people just firing shit off. Dude, I, was I was like, like God damn, dude, all right. I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> are they just shooting it in the Ammo's air for expensive fun? Right yeah, now. Stop doing that. I don't even waste yeah. ammo. Um, in classic <laughs> American fashion, uh, the illiterate uh, uh, high school dropout thug married three times and fathered ten children. Fuck yeah, dude. How does he wow. have the time? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, so his third wife, Trina McLeod, 
he actually found while he was married. And I say found because he found her in a fucking middle school because she was 12. Oh, my God. He would follow the Jeez. school bus. All right, Joseph Smith. Dude. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> he would follow the school bus that picked her up and honked until the driver just let her leave. What? And get in the what? dude's car. Dude, that's dude's fucking fire. Yeah, that's it. That, I would be <laughs> so angry. I would be so angry. You can do anything you want in Missouri in yeah, the 50s, it, Yeah, dude. dude. You're fucking... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so that's how he met her. And by the time she was 14, she was pregnant. Uh, to avoid the inevitable statutory rape charges, he divorced his second wife nice. and married the Trina his, and for his third. There it is. Charges were actually brought up against him for the statutory rape, uh, but they were dropped as Trina, the sole witness, refused to testify because oh, she shit. got married. Uh, his second wife... Alice uh, and Trenna actually attempted to flee to Trenna's mother's house just two weeks after she gave birth to Ken's kid. But McElroy tracked them down after uh, pulling his wife or his uh, br child bride and daughter, almost just said wife. It's not uh, yeah, just a wife. Yeah, it's a child, yeah, child bride. bride. Um, he returned to Trenna's parents' house, shot their dog, and burned down their house. Damn. Dude, so everything Jeez I was reading Louise. about this guy was calling him a bully. I was like, He's what? just a psychopath. This a yeah, this is way above. Bullies like bully. take your lunch like, money. Yeah, yeah you know, call you names and push you around. Yeah, they don't they fucking, don't fucking shoot, shoot your, dog. your dog. That's the ATF's job. Yeah, that's <laughs> the ATF and the FBI. Dog Shooters Anonymous. Uh, in so in 1980, <laughs> after uh this long and fruitful life, McElroy's daughter. This daughter, Trina's daughter, yeah. was shopping at shopping at Ernest Bowenkamp's grocery store when she was told to put back a piece of candy she had pocketed. Uh, Ken, when he found out, was furious. He drove to the alley behind the store, walked in, and shot Bo in the neck with a shotgun. God the damn. The second time he was reported to have Jeez. shot someone. Jesus. Uh, dude, uh, he lived, by the way. No shit. I know. I, I, wonder what, I was like, <laughs> what? I wonder what Bird constituted shot. as a <laughs> shotgun back then. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah but yeah. Uh, so he lived. The dude was 70 oh, when he got shot. Dude, dude, what a baller. I know. Fucking living through a shotgun blast when you were 70. And also, this man shot another man in the throat for a piece of candy. Dude, he's a throat shooter. Yeah, he's a <laughs> throat, throat, shooter. throat shooter, dude. <laughs> uh, so, um, this was actually pretty serious, and so he was indicted for shooting someone in the neck. Um, this is when he would drive to Bo's house and shoot his gun a bunch, and he would follow the home, nice, scare nice. the shit out of him. They lived in fear every day. His trial was delayed f five months due to the acting attorney general resigning at the time. Some speculate as a result of Kent's influence. No shit. The The replacement was a newbie only three years out of law school, and so everybody's kind of worried about it. Uh, Ken ended up getting convicted of only second-degree assault because the attorney general dropped his charges from attempt to kill to knowingly yeah. cause uh, to call knowingly causing serious in injury. And he did this so he could get a conviction. Because he was afraid if there was any ambiguity about his intent yeah. or murder that they get off because he scares everybody with the rattlesnake they, trick. They, I mean, the old they, rattlesnake The old rattlesnake trick. trick. <laughs> they do that a lot with, like, serial killers. Like, a serial killer could have killed 50 people, but if they yeah. only have enough evidence to charge... Like, they, they only have solid evidence for, like, three people, they'll only charge him with three people yeah. because they don't want any it, instance of him getting off. Didn't Ted Bundy only get in char trouble for, like, three? Yeah, yeah something like, like that. Yeah. And he was like, I that's like, like a, That's 70. like a super common thing, too. Like, they'll only charge them for two... Or, or or two or three. They got murders. Wayne Gacy for a good amount. Yeah, the, the yeah. evidence was. Yeah, he kept board. all the evidence. <laughs> yeah, fucking weirdo. Easy one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this was 
uh, he did actually get convicted, and this was Ken's very first conviction in his life at the age of like 47 oh after 21 uh, indictments. So McElroy appealed and then got out on $40,000 bond what? after neck shooting someone Dude, over oh my a piece God. of candy. You can do whatever you want back then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was bragging like openly about it. He was like, I've been off three times. I'll get off for this one yeah, too. Jesus Christ. And um, after his relief, he or his release, he was spotted with a rifle and bayonet in a bar, threatening to kill Bo. Okay. He was arrested and released again, and his punishment was just pushing back his trial. <laughs> he didn't get arrested, oh, dude. That's but they didn't. Crazy. I was like, "Whoa, what?" That's incredible. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> like, I was like, "Is pushing your trial back when you're not in jail?" Yeah, even a no, yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't worry about this for yeah. an extended period. You got to give up more time <laughs> yeah. to think about what you've done. You are, yeah. Man. <laughs> you fucking baddie. Dude, and he got to keep his gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even going to oh take it. They're like, yeah, go ahead. It's, this is America. There's a gun um, given right to you. All right. <laughs> so um, at this point, the town is completely fucking over it. Yeah. They have a meeting of about 60 people, including the sheriff and the mayor, where they come together and they try to figure out how to legally prevent Ken from hurting anyone else because they know that Kill the fucking him. state system has failed. Yeah. The <laughs> sheriff of the county suggested maybe we do a neighborhood watch yeah <laughs> you mean kill him i was like yeah. that's your job bro so um while they're having this fucking meeting they find out that ken is at the bar just like t it's the street it's on the same street there's only one street i don't know if you've been to a small town in missouri it's one street every yeah, single time yeah. yeah we have one downtown if street it's if here. it's a big town they have a stoplight. Yeah, yeah. One stoplight, yeah. <laughs> and it's usually just the one light that flashes. You yeah, know, it's, it's not flashes yellow. Yeah. It's not an yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the <laughs> yield it. sign, basically. Like, just yield. Yeah. Just, just look yield. out, just right? Look <laughs> for the other person Keep driving. Keep your eyes out. <laughs> so they uh, hear that he's just down the fucking street. Um, so they go into the bar, and they kind of like fucking muscle up on him while he's drinking, yeah. right? And he doesn't give a shit. He's not afraid. He grabs some beers from behind the bar, takes his wife, and he goes and sits in the truck, smokes a cigarette. Nice, People nice. go and file after him, and, and they start surrounding him in the truck. Um, it was then that Trenna, his wife, reports seeing the groups around the vehicle and saw someone pull a rifle from the bed of their truck and shoot into the cab. Nice. Someone grabs her, pulls her out of the car nice. while they light into this dude. Nice. Um, Ken is hit twice and killed. There were two different bullet casings found at the scene. Nice. And none of the 60 witnesses called the ambulance. There it is. Trenna was the only nice. one who reported anything <laughs> to the police. <laughs> Um, Trina reported that the owner of the pub, Del Clement, was one of the shooters, but ultimately no arrest warrants were issued and no charges Dude, were filed as yeah. zero witnesses would speak to any fuck of the yeah. investigators. Maybe that bar owner was tired of him taking beers from behind the bar, <laughs> dude. <laughs> this persisted through the FBI investigation and three grand juries. Dude. Trenna tried to sue the town for a combined, like, $6 million, but she accepted a $17,500 settlement, which is, I'll give you $100 to fuck off. Yeah, but how much was that in today's money, though? <laughs> it was in the 80s by then. Oh, okay. So it was 1981. So, so it was still, a decent chunk of change. Yeah, bigger, yeah. bigger, It yeah. wasn't $6 million. What, it, wait, it was, you said it was $17,000? Yeah. And it was 19 what? 81. Uh, in all the follow-ups, documentaries, and books, Del Clement is the only one ever seriously mentioned as a shooter. 
but he denied it up until his death in 2009. That's $216,000 oh, in today's money. Damn. Yeah, that's quite a bit. All right. But still, it's good. Right. It's good fuck off money. I, I'd fuck yeah. off for $200,000. <laughs> <off. laughs> and, and, like, she gets that money for marrying the biggest piece yeah. of shit in the whole world. Yeah, that's just, if, that's honestly, just like. I think they might have just given her the money to be like, that's, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah that's, you were that's, a child. <laughs> sympathy so, money, dude. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's the story of fucking Ken McCullough. It's so funny that that's what happened to him, because my mom... Grow, we, you told me about dude, it. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, I have told a brief version of this story before on the podcast, but I wanted to do yeah, research, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. But back in the day, my, my I grew up in this really small town. Um, really, really small town. Everybody knows each other. It's a big old shithole. But uh, there used to be this guy <laughs> that my mom would tell me about, and he was just a fucking menace to society. He was he wasn't as serious as this guy, dude, obviously. This guy but, was a yeah, next but this level. dude was like it. Was, my mom was like, you know, if you were at a bar and he walked in, nine times out of ten the bar cleared out and nobody wanted to be there. Or if you <laughs> if you owed him money and like you were at a bar and he showed up, like he you were gonna get hurt. And that the worst night. part about those dudes is they're like. Everyone's mean to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, you're just a dick, bro. <laughs> you, and, but anyways, he was just a menace to this town. He was a menace to our town. And he was, like, beating people up, just, like, always getting arrested, this, that, and the other. And one day, he's walking around downtown, and he's going through the crosswalk, and someone just fucking runs him over. <laughs> just straight hits him with their car and <laughs> kills him. Please. And, like, the cops showed up and were like, oh, well, no one saw. Oh, there were people out that day, but nobody came forward and was like, that's who did it. I, wa I wonder, I wonder, because, like, I have a pretty big family that lives there, so I wonder if it was one of my family members that just ran him over, because it wouldn't surprise Dude, me. I mean... The, like and these stories are just a fucking all they show is what a failure our yeah, justice yeah. system is. Like I don't think we <laughs> I agree. like it's a yeah. dude. It's absolutely a tragedy that we get to the point where someone has to risk a broad daylight murder in front of everyone they know yeah, to yeah. just keep the community. <laughs> and you know, safe, you know, you know, one of the reasons he probably got off so much back then was because he was white. They were like, oh. "This is a white guy who I mean, can and fucking." It's Missouri. Yeah, and yeah, it's Missouri. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, they didn't give a shit. You can't spell fucking racism without Missouri, dude. To be honest with you, um, so. Um, why, so was that all you had? That's all okay, I had. Cool, yeah, cool. I just I was like, uh, like, and there's been so many. There's a book called In Broad Daylight that covers it. There's oh, nice. a couple documentaries that go into it, and no one will say shit. And at this point, almost everybody who's witnessed it is dead. And I'm like, yeah. this is really gonna just go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah take it no, to the grave. And I, that is back cool when as people fuck. could keep a fucking secret, bro. <laughs> like, no cell now, phones, yeah, just vibes. Yeah, just vibes. <laughs> Living in the moment. Not a just vibes, society, dude. Doesn't um, matter. Yeah, and so, uh, uh, Michael, you said you were in a coffee shop right now, right? Um, yeah, so... Okay, it's, cool. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. I, that's what I, I wanted to be like, you know, in case you hear stuff in the background, it's because Michael's oh, at a yeah. coffee shop, which it's honestly... Not that oh, bad. Is there it, stuff it, I can? No, well, no, I bad? think someone. No, 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 no. Someone opened the door and it made like a sound, and I heard it through my oh, headphones. I was yeah, like, what yeah, the yeah. fuck is that? And then I was like, oh yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a coffee shop. We are through this yeah. like this chain of random cables. Yeah, is <laughs> we're connected somewhere, <laughs> dude. Um, so I'm covering. Which, if you're one of, my, if you've been following me for a long time, you know this is one of my favorite stories. I'm covering the poet of Wichita, Kansas. Wichita is the one of the three towns in Kansas. Yeah, where things happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Kansas City, Lawrence, and Wichita. Some yep. people would say Topeka, our capital, but that, those are people who've never been to Topeka. Yeah, yeah, Topeka sucks. <laughs> you just, you know. um, so, all right, so we're, we're, our story is taking place. We're June 1977. 
Uh, we go to one of our main characters, Ruth Finley. Well, she is the main character. I know I said one, but there's a lot of other reoccurring characters in the story. Uh, Ruth Finley's at her home. She's had a rather traumatic day. Her husband, Ed, has collapsed earlier in the evening due to a supposed heart attack. And she's alone for the first time in what feels like fucking forever. What year did you uh, say this was? 1977. Okay. Um, is my burp going to happen now? Hold on. Fuck, I keep fucking I scared it. Yeah, dude, I keep possible. scaring it back in. It's okay. Though, uh, yeah, you can come on out, buddy. Uh, It'll so, be all right. It'll yeah, be all right. yeah. So she's alone for the first time in what feels like fucking forever. Um, Ed apparently had a heart attack, and that's scary. And like, she's just like super terrified, you know, to be alone. Um, she is like, all right, well, I'm going to put on the fucking radio, calm my nerves, see what's going on. Well, that didn't work because at the time, the radio is being dominated by talk of the BTK killer being on the loose in Wichita, Kansas. From Kansas yeah, yeah, from Kansas. So he's Wichita's first serial killer, and it's got everybody just fucking terrified. And so she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to put on some easy listening and call it good. So she starts listening to this easy listening, and she gets a phone call. It's uh, the guy on the other end says, uh, uh, she's like, hello, you know, who am I speaking to? The guy on the other end says, is this Ruth Smock from Fort Scott, Kansas? Which is Ruth's maiden name, and she was from Fort Scott, Kansas. But she hadn't lived there in a while. And she's like, yes, it is. And the man uh, on the other end's voice has changed to something very ominous, sinister, and he's like, I know all about that night. Don't look shit up about this case. I'm not. I was looking a, up the population uh, of yeah, Fort it's Scott. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's got a twist and turn that I want to no, hit you yeah. with. <laughs> um, so uh, he's like, I know all about that night. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about there, champ? And uh, he's like, he starts reading from an article from the 1946 Fort Scott Tribune. It's labeled, branded on, uh, branded on both thighs by a hot flat iron, apparently by a sex maniac, Ruth Smock, 16-year-old oh. Fort Scott high school girl, was resting today in the home of her parents following an attack upon her early last night. Oh, damn. So, apparently she had been uh, she had been coming home from getting groceries. This man had broken in and assaulted her. Uh, he, she attempted to fight back, and uh, but he ended up chloroforming her. And uh, as she's going in out of consciousness, the last thing she sees is this dude heating up a flat iron on the stove. Oh, my God. So, Ruth quickly told the dude, I don't know what you're talking about, like, you know, which she knew what he was talking about. She's lying, obviously, but uh, the the caller said that he worked for a construction company that were tearing down old houses in Fort Scott, and they found in one of those old homes these yellowing newspaper clippings of this attack. And if so, that, was her original attack, like, they never figured anything they out never, about it? They never, they never figured out who did it, yeah. Dude, being a detective back then would have been the shit. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> don't know what happened. All right, know. case closed. You're like, I have 100 cases today? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to tick those boxes. Um, so... Um, uh, so, he said he found this newspaper article, whatever, and if she didn't send him money... Um, if she didn't send him money, you know, he was going to spread, you know, the news of this attack all over the town she what? lived in. Who cares? Well, so, again, today, if someone did that, people were like, you weren't going to tell people about this traumatic experience yeah. I had? Like, okay, they're just going to feel sorry for me. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah. this was... Uh, right yeah, there, yeah, honestly. yeah. So, uh, but this was back in the day, Ruth's, um, Ruth's parents were Depression-era individuals, and the whole, like, Ruth and Ed's whole, like, fucking golden life was to like grow up and be ordinary citizens yeah just yeah. like not bring any attention to themselves not like just be the most ordinary fucking people you can be um so she decides to say fuck it she hangs up ignores the man 
you know, she she's a little terrified, but whatever. So Ed's in the hospital for another week. He hadn't had a heart attack. It was just an injury that it was like a it was a holdover injury from a car crash he had a year a year prior. Uh, but nonetheless, Ruth remains home by herself for another week. Uh, she thinks this guy is going to call again. He never calls. Um, so later that summer, she receives a letter on her desk at work and she's a secretary for the, for head of security at the local telephone company. Um, the letter had her name written in these really scraggly letters. She opens up the letters and inside is the article from the 1946 Scott Tribune about her attack. Uh, she quickly rips the envelope and the article up, throws it in the trash, fucking done with it. Problem gone forever. Yeah. <laughs> After this, though, Ruth begins getting calls at their home regularly oh. where the man would begin to say her name. She'd hang up. If Ed picked up the phone, the caller would just hang up immediately. This is bad. So, yeah, not not good this at all. This is bad. Not good at all. So, um, so August of 1977, while she's uh, window shopping um, in downtown Wichita, a man begins matching her stride and walking next to her. She hadn't really noticed him, but then he started to speak to her. Uh, she said he looked at he looked around like five nine, skinny build. His hair was hair was graying in his temples. Must be somewhere in his forties. So the man tells her, "You've done a good job at work this week. You can take the weekend off." Um, and then she ignores him. He says, "You work for the telephone company, don't you?" She ignores him. He says, "What do you do there? Are you an operator?" Uh, at the rooftop, answer. Uh, the man told her that he he said so she doesn't answer him again. He's like, oh, I've recently won some money in uh, in Vegas, uh, and then asked if she would like to go to Vegas sometime. Ruth continued to ignore the man, and then he says the camera reflects the true quality of one's soul, uh, and then she just kind of gets annoyed uh, rather than scared, and she's like, I'm waiting for my husband to pick me up, and he begins. Uh, Kind of getting angry, he looks at her. He's like, "Are you still married?" And then she doesn't respond. And then he gets really mad, and he's like, "I like your face. I'll be seeing you again. You can count on that." Some people's fantasies Jesus. are other people's nightmares, uh, and just fucks off somewhere. And I was like, what are "All you right, doing? dude. Yeah, okay." Um, so basically, An anime villain. Yeah, what honestly. The fuck? So um, finally, Ed shows up. Ruth, Ruth tells Ed about the man, and and he's like, "It's some fucking dude trying to pick you up. Like, whatever. Let's just fucking get you know." <laughs> He's you know, seventies. Fuck you, it. Honey. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's like it's what old people are like. When did me saying nice tits become not a compliment? It's like what the fuck? It's never a compliment. I just said um, I wanted to wear your face like yeah, on my yeah. face. I'm trying to wear your skin like a coat. What's wrong with that? Um, and so she doesn't hear or see anything of this man for almost a year. And then in June 1978. She's once again shopping when she passed by an alleyway and she feels someone reach out and grab her wrist. And it was the same man from the previous summer. He says, Ruth, get back here, you stupid bitch. Why won't you talk to me? Which is great if you want to get someone's attention and try to get them to talk to you. Um, <laughs> Tried and true so, interview technique. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old Tucker Carlson technique, as we like to call it. You walk back in your bitch. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so Ruth manages to break free. She runs across to the Macy's department store. She rides the escalator up to the fifth floor before she kind of like, her adrenaline stops. She realizes where she's at. Calls Ed. Hasn't come pick her up immediately. Once Ed picks her up, Ruth tells him everything. The phone call she had gotten. The guy calling the house and this, that, and the other. And um, Ed's like, okay, like we need to go to the police. Um, so this is obviously a bad thing. He he took a while. It took a lot for him to be like, oh, I agree. Right, yeah, I'm yeah. alarmed. All right, maybe, maybe this <laughs> might like be a weird. old person. Yeah. And they're like, nah, well, fuck in, it. in Ed's defense, 
Ruth had never told them about the phone calls. She oh. only told them about oh. the, she only told them about the first instance of this guy being like the camera. It's fucking blah 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 blah. So blah. he's just like, what are you getting so worked up? Yeah, about, yeah, Ruth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so they they go to the police. They make a report, but there's never really a follow up, and it's speculating because the police were too busy dealing with BTK that they just were like, oh, we don't have time for this. Um, so in October, Ruth sit in her kitchen with a cup of coffee. She receives an unmarked envelope in the mail. It had her name written across it in the scraggly letters. Um, and Ruth opens it, even though she doesn't want to. Inside the letter, it reads, fuck you, fuck the police, fuck the telephone company. And, uh, you know, fair. I agree with some uh, of that. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> and so Ruth waits till Ed gets home. They go to the police again. November 6th, Ruth and Ed drive to the police department HQ. They are directed to criminal investigations on the fifth floor, and that's where they meet Detective Bernie Drowatsky. He's a 34-year uh, police veteran and uh, a badass detective. Usually, Detective Drowatsky wouldn't be taking on cases like this, but since the BTK was on his third year of murdering people um, and was also known to send his victims letters, the police forces weren't taking any chances. Ruth tells Drowatsky about this, and he's like, uh, you know, they're basically just like these, they're empty nester is living on a quiet street they don't have no clue why this is happening and Dorowski is a little underwhelmed by the facts but he because he had a lot more violent shit going on i am just like really none of this is on the radar yeah well He's so like a guy saying and doing the same so, thing as so the well that's the thing that's the only reason he is kind of paying attention because yeah. he thinks this might be the work of btk he doesn't tell them that because he doesn't want to freak out but uh he don't he, worry guys yeah. i know who it yeah, is yeah so <laughs> they start getting these fucking letters uh, in their mailbox and um you know it's it's uh uh the following week, another letter appears. So the, basically, the, the letter's like, give me a fucking hundred dollars. The letter reads, I can tell if anyone's watching me. Don't be a dumb bitch and blow this. I will try and be your friend, but when you are dumb, when you are a dumb bitch, I don't like you. <laughs> this time you talk to me, I call you soon. <laughs> the writer finishes off with a crude poem. Big Wherever you go letter. on water or land, you still got to pay or I tell about your brand. I am smart and know things to do. You talk to people I despise like police, lieutenant, and telespies. Not a good ending. Uh, bad no. ending. Bad ending. Bad poem. It didn't sound like a smart guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not uh, not a uh, not a not a. Uh, We're like, well, he's not a uh, definitely doesn't have any awards. We know that. Yeah, for no, sure. he's uh, <laughs> not getting a fucking Nobel laureate. Uh, what, what a Pulitzer is that? The writer's fucking no Pulitzer's for journalists. What do you get? You can get a Nobel. Is it a for, Nobel Peace Prize? You can get one is it? for writing. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. So Kendrick's got one. Yeah. Or which is Kendrick's the Pulitzer? Is it Kendrick Lamar? Doesn't, Kendrick doesn't Kobe Lamar? have a something for oh, a short film? Kendrick line, has the line. Pulitzer. Yeah. Kobe has wait. Kobe has something for a short film. Is that what you said? Yeah, it's a Grammy, I think, for a short film. What? Yeah. Wait, Grammy's music? Yeah. Or Oscar? Or I, I saw he, uh, Oscar. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, Oscar. I know Kobe won something for an Academy a short Award. Film. Academy yeah, Award. Yeah. That's yes. what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Best animated short film. No shit. Kobe has an Oscar. Nice. Wow. R.I.P. to a fucking real one, That's dude. That's cool. Yeah, for real. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. So, um, so basically, every this is the this is protocol. Whenever they receive a letter, the Finleys take it to Drawatsky. Uh, the police take the letters. Look for fingerprints, uh, you know, any kind of evidence they can find on the letter. Um, and then after police decode them, they Ruth would retype them on a typewriter to help, excuse me, police in their, uh, their investigation. And then after they were done, police would give the letters back to the Finleys. 
Okay. After they did everything they needed to do. These pl- these letters fucking were riddled with spelling er- errors, made up words, stuff like that. Of course. So, we go to November 21st, 1978. Ruth is on her lunch break while she's walking the streets of downtown when a 1964 Chevy Bel Air uh, pulls up and cuts her off. She looks around and she only sees like an elderly woman up the street, so she's like, oh fuck, I'm alone. And same guy gets out of the car. He's like, have you got my money? And he kicks her in the shin oh. and uh, shoves her in the back of this messy vehicle. Oh, so, geez. yeah. So she's in the back of this shitty-ass Bel Air, and Ruth can hear them talking to each other. The guy refers to the driver as buddy. They're going through her purse. They find uh, uh, her paycheck and money and safety deposit box keys. So they're super excited about that. But then they find Lieutenant Drawatsky's business card. Uh, and this guy becomes enraged, picks up a piece of concrete that was in the car, uh, or like I would imagine like a rock, and like hits her in the face with it. And oh, shit. Uh, so she doesn't remember, says she doesn't remember a whole lot. He doesn't remember the conversation. Um, basically, what happens is uh, it's getting late at night, and Ruth's like, "I got to use the bathroom." Now she knows she has a can of mace in her purse, but she doesn't want to go for it because she's afraid they'll hurt her. She's like, "I gotta go to the bathroom." They're like, "Well, you better fucking piss your britches or like uh, hold it." Yeah. And she's like, "I'm gonna throw up if you don't let me use the bathroom." And they're like, "All right, whatever." Like, okay. <laughs> He's like, "All right, you know what? You could have yeah. pissed yourself with throwing yourself." Yeah, That's throwing up disgusting. is too far. <laughs> so uh, I just clean this car. So they find they find a nice secluded <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they find a nice secluded park and. Uh, um, Guy from before and Ruth get out, and he's like, this will be fun. I'll watch you. You'll watch me. Blah, 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 blah. So they start walking off. They get to a secluded area. He starts unzipping his pants to use the bathroom, and Ruth finds her can of mace, hits him in the, sprays him with it, oh, takes off running. That would be hilarious. She hits him with it. She like, just hits him with the can. <laughs> yeah. Like, Why? Yeah, so she takes off running. Uh, guy starts shouting, you'll freeze out here. If we leave you here, come get your shoes and your coat. We'll be real nice to you. Fuck off, this, that, and the other. Uh, Ruth stays in the bushes, and once she finally, you know, feels safe to come out, she runs to the nearest liquor, the nearest store, which is a liquor store, tells the guy, call the police, I need help, yada, yada, yada. So, um, police go and investigate. They don't really find much of anything except Ruth's jacket, um, but Drowalski is a little more convinced that this might be the work of the BTK killer, uh, that they might be fucking They seem really Ruth. motivated. Yeah, yeah. So Insane. they, they, they kind of launched this investigation into full throttle. And, Ruth, and another proof that the police have to, you have to be arrested, or you have to be kidnapped and survive. Yeah. For them to be <laughs> like, any oh, value this might be you. an issue, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're kidnapped and you die, they're like, damn. Sorry. Open a shut case, Johnson. So they kick this into overdrive. Ruth does not go anywhere without protection. She has undercover police officers following her around at all times. Uh, you know, they're just kind of looking for, su- they start trying to identify suspects about who could be, uh, who could have kidnapped her, blah, blah, blah. Jawaski even goes on a talk show telling Ruth's story and Ed and Ruth listen to callers calling in to see if any voice oh, matches man. up with the man that called. Um, so, you know, like this is all, you know, this kind of sucks for them because they just want to be ordinary citizens you know, Ruth, they spend their nights, Ruth tries to sleep, and Ed sits in the bushes of their house with a 12-gauge shotgun, <laughs> waiting for the attacker to make Ruth an appearance. Ruth nap, he sleeps in the bushes <laughs> Yeah, the yeah, dude. Because they've, they've been having letters dropped off at their house, this, that, and the other. So in July of 1979, uh, the letters kind of stop, and they just stop coming in, and they're hoping the poet has moved on and give up. On August 13th, Ruth is like, you know what? We're going to a fucking dude ranch um, for our vacation, our summer vacation, and I need to go pick up a nice pair of jeans. And so she's like, I'm going to go to Dillard's department store, pick up some jeans. And Ed's like, you shouldn't go alone. She's like, fuck off. I'll be all right. Bro, I can grab yeah, jeans. Yeah, I'll be all right. I'm a strong, independent <laughs> woman. Um, so 
She's walking out the store with this pair of jeans when the sun is setting, uh, and Ruth hurries to her car when she hears a man yell, Hey, Ruth, I didn't know you were going to make it this easy. Turns <sighs> around, same guy. Grabs, oh, yeah, so he grabs scary. her wrist, he throws a bag into her partially open window, and it's got duct tape, rope, a red bandana, and a half-empty bottle of wine in it. Uh, he, Ooh, he says the he wine's wants, weirdly the yeah, scariest thing yeah. in the whole box. He says he wants to take her somewhere nice and quiet, somewhere that had a, quote, keep out sign on it. Ruth ends up breaking free, um, uh, breaking free. She's an old lady, right? Do what? She's an old lady, right? She? Yeah, she, well, I think at the time she How was like, she? I think at the time they were empty nesters, so maybe in her 40s or 50s, Did, something like that. Uh, she's spry, yeah, dude. Yeah, she is. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. <laughs> Twice so, escaping. She ends up breaking free of this man, uh, gets in her car, takes off. She gets to a stoplight, and she's like, oh, I feel a little bit dizzy. Turns out the dude had a knife and stabbed her three times, <gasps> and she had a knife sticking out oh, of her geez. side. Yeah. Oh, So she's like, holy crap, on a shit sandwich. I need to get someone to take care of this. And she stops at a gas station. <laughs> um, she stops at a gas station, and she uses the payphone. She dials the only number she can remember, which is police headquarters, Lieutenant Drawatsi's boss, Captain Thimish. Uh, so Thimish picks up the phone. She's like, hey, I'm Ruth. He's like, Ruth, I know who you are. What do you want? And she's like, oh, I've been stabbed. And he's like, oh, shit. All Is right. this serious? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, really? <laughs> um, so um, she, he's like, stay there. We'll get someone to come with you. Come get you, blah, blah, blah. But she's scared. Oh, boy. I was like, follow dude, her. yeah, I don't know. I keep moving. So she drives the five minutes back home. Um, Captain Thimish had called Ed, and Ed was waiting outside for her. She, he takes her to the hospital. Uh, and you know, and, and she asked Ed to pull the knife out of her, but nah, he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I'm afraid it'll bleed more. If I do that, we're going to keep it, it in, which is smart. If you more. ever get stabbed, keep whatever you have been stabbed with in your stab wound, because that's the only thing stopping you from hemorrhaging out. Um, just a little fucking... Yeah. It's like I've been watching some Grey's Anatomy. Dude, and I, hell yeah, I, I've dude, also yeah. learned that from dude, the- dude, Grey's Anatomy gets me every time. I'm like, I'm not gonna cry in this episode, and then something happens. I'm like, God damn it! Jeez, dude, <laughs> save that child. <laughs> um, so, Street of Fur Wounds newspaper pushes the story hard. Uh, they start putting out poet description of the poet. Blah 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 blah. Ed starts putting out local ads in the paper to get a response from the poet, and it works. The poet and Ed start communicating uh, between classified ads in the paper, <gasps> and rumors of the BTK being the poet kind of get put to letter when in a when in a letter the poet states, "quote Don't make sure you mix up the executioners again," saying he's not BTK; he's a whole different entity. Uh, January nineteen eighty, Lieutenant Dorowski is promoted to vice and organized crime. Um, and you know, uh, Jarotsky had a close relationship with the Finleys. They were, they were, they were close friends. They went to church together. They socialized together, blah, 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 blah. So Captain Mike Hill takes over the investigation and, you know, starts looking into anything. And, um, so once he takes over and, you know, it kind of gets, the investigation gets going again, the poet takes notice of this. Uh, and he writes Captain Hill a letter that says, Quote, there once was a captain that had an asshole for a heart, which I think is hilarious, dude. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Um, so, uh, January 25th, 1980, Ruth reports that uh, she gets an at-work phone call from the poet stating he had left a surprise for her in the lobby. Uh, detectives are shit in a box. Yeah, well, hold on. So, detectives <laughs> arrive, and in the phone booth in the lobby, they find a 12-inch butcher knife wrapped in a red bandana uh, in the office, in the lobby phone booth, and... 
Witnesses stated they, they remember seeing a man in the phone booth who resembled the police sketch of the poet. The poet read, Shut your eyes and think of the 12-inch blade. Will you remember the hole it made? Dream of me and obey my commands. Think of me with a knife in my hands. Oh, um, that's yeah. a pretty decent poem. So, oh, so He's been working yeah, on he his poems. He's got fucking <laughs> Who knows like, how powerful yeah, he is now? Yeah, he's got like a book <laughs> of like poetry he's been reading. He's um, like, sees everyone make fun of his poems. Yeah, he's like, he's like fuck, fuck y'all, <laughs> dude. So the poet's letters increased. By this time, police had invested over like 300 people and still came up empty. They would have plainclothes officers downtown at all times with Ruth like it was fucking serious. Fourth of July, the story broke national news. Um, it starts making headlines. This poet is writing the DMV to tell them to confiscate Ruth's license, this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. Uh, just a bunch of fucking wild shit. Police are doing everything they can. They put up a fucking spy camera in the Finley's house and have 24-hour surveillance on it at all times. They aren't fucking finding shit. This dude is fucking a master dude, at this. So I can't believe, I just, I guess I didn't know you could just send letters so much. Yeah, yeah. And, and not so, get caught. So, so, a letter? Uh, is that anonymous? So, um, <laughs> And at one point, they had a letter postmarked from Oklahoma. So they contacted Oklahoma PD and were like, hey, this letter's postmarked from there. Find anybody who looks like this. Oklahoma PD finds it, finds a guy that looks like the poet, and Ruth is like, I want it to be him, but it's not him. I'm sorry. So uh, a piece of concrete gets thrown through the window. The wreath on their door gets set on fire. Letters keep coming. They're no closer to finding this motherfucker. what the fuck? He's Hold like on. right there. Yeah, so September 4th, 1981, approaches Jawatsky chief, approaches Chief Richard Lemunyan and is like, and Lemunyan is one of those chiefs that is like, I'm not going to micromanage your investigation. You're a good detective. Do what you need to do. I'm not, you don't need to worry about me. So he has full faith. And, uh, Jawatsky is like, Hey cap. Um, the, the poet has written you a letter and the poet's letter says, Hey, I know where your wife lives and you're out to work. And once I'm done with Ruth, I'm going to come for your wife. And Chief Lemonian's like, you can get fucked on that one, Chief. And so over the weekend, he takes every shred of evidence about the poet home and starts going over it. So, September 11th, um, what year was this? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) never forget. September 11th, 1981, (laughs) Chief Lemonian calls a meeting with uh, all of his top detectives in the basement of the police station. 16 of his officers. He tells the officers, listen, what I'm about to tell you is confidential. If any of you fucking talk about what I'm about to say, I'm firing every single person in this room. Um, I feel like so, I just figured it out. You did. So, I think I just did. Uh, so Chief Lemunyan did not have a personal close relationship with the Finleys. Uh, so he was not blinded by maybe, you know, you know, just not blinded by their social groups going to church together. So he tells his officers that Ruth Finley is the poet. There's a, no other, a, no other way it could not be Ruth Finley. Yeah. He says there were never any witnesses for the poet's attack, even though they all occurred in public places. Yeah, that Finley's lives on a dead end street with little traffic and still no police That's officers or neighbors witnessed the poet approaching or leaving. The police only found a single set of footprints at the park where Ruth had ran from her attackers. And Chelsea said the kidnapper struck her in the face with concrete, but had no abrasions on her face. After she was stabbed, why did she call general investigations and not nine one one? And I was confused about that, too. Captain Hill had received a letter from the poet as soon as he took over Ruth's investigation, and only Ruth Ed and the police knew about the change of command. Oh. Um, as soon as the camera is placed in the birdhouse, the camera only the Finleys and the police knew about, the poet stopped appearing in their backyard, 
and the poet's messages to Ed in the Eagle Beacon classified section stopped when the Finleys were on vacation and picked right back up when they had returned. Oh, so, God. Uh, I was thinking, I was like, when you were saying, like, the wreath on her door was on fire, yeah. I was like, bro, no way. No way <laughs> yeah. that out in the boonies, like, you could sit one dude in a, a car, like, 200 yards away and, and be, see you, every everything, single thing everything. coming up to Where's it? my yeah. vape? Where's my fucking vape? I don't, I don't know. I thought you had it. Oh. Dude, it's got to be you. No, Doc. No way. Are you? I think I have it. I'm sorry. You have it? My, my, <laughs> give that shit back to me, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> I have no idea. So is that it? No. So what happened to Rue? Okay, so basically, so basically, um, they start surveying the Finleys. They have like a fucking police helicopter following her around. They get evidence that she's the one. That's right there. <laughs> God damn it, War Chief. She's, she, they got evidence that she's the one sending the letters, this, that, and the other. Um, they go to Ed and they're like, hey, we need to talk to you. I know who the poet is. Ed's like, well, let's go get that son of a bitch. And they're like, hold on now. Um, it's your wife. Uh, they just have to clear him as being a part of this. Turns dude. out he's not a part of this. They're like, uh, they're That's like, sad. they're like, we believe you, but will you take a polygraph? And he's like, well, can we get cigarettes on the way? And they're like, of course it's yeah. Duh. And he's like, all right, let's go. So he takes a polygraph. He passes flying colors, what have you. And then, so they confront Ruth about it. So, you know, believe this if you want to. You know, I, I mean, I personally believe it because I know what trauma can do to somebody, but it turns out Ruth had uh, been sexually assaulted as a young child by a family friend when they lived on their farm, and he used to tie her up with a red bandana. She used to, she used to disassociate, and, like, that's uh. how she got rid of it. So after Ed had his heart attack and, like, the underlying stress of BTK uh. being around, she kind of, like, went into this, like, regression of, like, writing poems is what kind of got her through it. She said she remembers people doing it. She remembers writing the poems, but it felt like she was watching someone else's memory while writing them. Like, she wasn't doing them That's herself. Crazy. So she gets professional help, and, uh, you know, ultimately she doesn't get charged, but Chief Lemonian is like, I want her fucking charged because it costs us a bunch of fucking money, yeah. dude. Um, <laughs> excuse me. She costs us a bunch of fucking money, and ultimately she doesn't get charged. She ends up going and talking about her story on, like, talk shows and everything. Um she and, did? Yeah, it be, when she was finally able to after she had a bunch of therapy. So did she but, go to jail? No, she didn't get charged with anything. She And so Ed, so 90% of, of people... <laughs> what a bunch of bullshit. I don't care what happened to her. 90, Fuck her. 90% of people had sympathy for Ruth. And oh. she lost a few friends, but like... Her husband Ed <laughs> sticked fiercely by her side, this, that, and the other. I and am like, the ten percent, yeah. dude. I don't give a shit. She bring <laughs> poor Ed. Yeah, she ran him through the ringer. Yeah, that's that, that dude's is sleeping true. in that's the bushes wild. with a twelve that's gauge <laughs> out in the cold. I wanted to. Okay, so that is my favorite Kansas, but I want to tell you this New York one. I'll make it super quick, but it's like. So, so like, is she live? Is she dead? I think Ruth is actually. I know Ed is. It has passed away. So I, after all that shit, most people are yeah, like... Yeah, she died 2018. Oh, damn. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, but most people were like, oh, that poor woman. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. After the whole story came out <laughs> of, of her, like, regression what? and stuff like... Because when they, when they, like, they found, like, notes and Wait. poetry and shit in her work desk and stuff. One like, thing I got mixed up on... Did the branding happen? Was that real? That that was a real and a thing. A stranger did that to her. Yeah. So. Oh. Uh, yeah. So that was a real thing when she was a sixteen. Mm. But Damn. she did not. She like. She, but as far and some of the 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 stuff that I've read about it is like you know she stabbed herself even though the nurses said she probably couldn't have stabbed herself like that. But then again, you know if you're in like a fugue state and like kind of losing you your mind, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. 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 Exactly. True. Um. 
But yeah, she stab made myself. I can dude, stab myself right now. Right now, I'll fucking show you. I can stab myself right now, dude. Um, <laughs> Do you guys ever watch the movie uh, Split? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds dude. like it sounds like she has that that disorder where dude, like, she's she's like, like yeah. she got traumatized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think mean, she has multiple. I fully, you know, I fully believe that 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 is what happened. Like, I don't. Yeah. She's this old like empty nester lady who like didn't. No way. I just don't think. I don't think she would have done it on purpose. You don't think there's any malice yeah. to any of it? I think there is malice, yes, but it's I just, think it's not, it, you know, it's, it's such not a that nuanced. It's a protracted nuance. campaign. That's yeah. what confuses me. I'm like, yeah. damn, she was yeah. really disassociated for, like, years yeah, yeah, yeah. of this, true, you know, very and no true. one saw her. Well, I would imagine, well, there were instances where the poet just disappeared. Yeah. So it could be that, like, yeah. she was, oh, like, you yeah. know, she had not entered one of those, like, fugue states in a while and, like, it just kind of flared back up because, like, but, BTK was still in the loose too, so that's stressful. If she didn't know, it would be especially devastating to find out that she was doing it. Yeah, it, like, oh, no. yeah, like, god damn it, Fuck. fucking son of a bitch. And then I'm sure Lieutenant Drowski, <laughs> the, call, and, the and letters Mike, were coming from inside, inside the, the house. house. Yeah, <laughs> Lieutenant Drowski and Mike Hill were like, god damn it, it was right under our nose. <laughs> Dude, the first guy's fired. Dude, too. yeah, he fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah Chief Lemonian's <laughs> like, what the fuck, bro? Now, like, the second guy gets it, and he's like, well, she's doing this. Yeah. There's no way anyone else could. <laughs> um, so okay, I'm gonna make yeah, this. Tell I'm going to make them super quick. So basically, uh, I'm pretty sure this happens in... Yeah, so so we have have some key players in this story. We're going to talk about Pearl. Pearl uh, just moved to New York. She's fucking loving it, living life, having a great old time. Grand old, you know, know, she's fucking just living her life. She's like, I'm living in New York now. I'm a boss-ass bitch. I can do whatever the fuck I want, dog. (laughs) And so she has has her job. She lives in this, this, like, furnished apartment. Blah, 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 blah. She is on a train. Um, I believe she has just lost her job, and she meets a man. This man says, what's up, Suge? Like, you know, you want to go out and get a drink? Blah, 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 blah. She's like, nah, I'm good. Fuck you. And, uh, um, oh, her mother and stepfather live in Brooklyn. Um, so, uh, she's like, whatever, dude. Um, he tells her her name. He tells her his name is Alan LaRue. And he's like, you want to go get a drink? She's like, nah, I'm good. She sees him again on the train, and he's like, Let's go get a drink. And she says he was like movie star handsome. She's like, he was fucking gorgeous. Oh, okay. So second time, she's like, he's like, you want to go get a drink? And she's like, you know what? Fuck it. Why not? Let's go get a drink. So they go get a drink and they're talking. They're hitting it off. They're having a good time. And basically they get to, you know, talking to each other. And uh, uh, so he basically, from my understanding, tells her, he's like, listen, I am a... Detective, I'm a private investigator, and I'm trailing this woman. And you know, she had Pearl just lost her job, so she's like, "If you want some money, help me with this case, and you know, I'll pay you for it." She's like, "All right, perfect. What do I need to do?" He's like, "Here's the lady I'm I'm detecting. She's a jewel thief. She's stealing money from this jewelry place. Um, One, I need you to go into her place of business, make sure you get a good look at her face. Blah blah blah." Pearl's like, "Got it. Cool." Goes in, gets a good look at this girl's face. He's like, that's her. She's stealing jewels. She hides them in her coat pocket when she leaves every day. What's going to happen? Or, yeah. So he's like, so what's going to happen is I'm going to give you this. Slow down. I'm going to give you this x-ray camera. Um, There's a, uh, I'm going to create, I've got got a box. There's an x-ray camera. Just pull this string and. You'll take a picture of her coat, but you have to be very close to her. Sounds you have to be very close to her. So uh, pull this string. It'll take a picture of her, and I'll see if she has the jewels in her pocket. Pearl's like, not, not a problem at all. Not a problem at all. <laughs> Absolutely so, nothing about that so sounds odd to she, me. Um, 
she starts walking and she gets behind this this lady who will turn out to, her name is Olga. Um, she gets behind this lady, pulls the string, takes the picture, goes back to our boy Alan, and uh, goes back to our boy Alan. And he's like, all right, cool. Let me develop this film real quick. We'll see what's going on, uh, if she has the jewels or not. So a couple days go by. Excuse me. A couple days go by. Alan's like, fuck. The picture didn't come out correctly. We got to do it again. And uh, Pearl's like, okay, we'll do it again. Not a problem. So he hands her another box with an X-ray camera in it. So they're walking through a busy subway station, if I remember correctly. Um, he's like, all you got to do is point, pull the wire. It'll take the picture again. It's going to be fine. Pearl's walking about five to 10 feet behind Olga. She's got the perfect, perfect, uh, positioning for the picture. She pulls the string and fucking Olga's leg gets blown off. Absolutely. Just fucking obliterated. And, um, at the time, Pearl has no clue what's going on. She's like, she's like confused like, like, like oh my god yeah. that lady's leg exploded right as i took a picture of her so so when people start asking what's going on she's like um she's like uh, uh she's like i don't know i was taking this lady's picture and someone shot her and um she like is cl- like literally oblivious to what the fuck is going on um so turns out inside that box with the x-ray camera and it is actually a sawed off shotgun that has been Wired to <laughs> fire when she pulls Dude, this, when, this wire. When, when, pull a wire to take Dude, a picture. Yeah. I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no way. And that's uh, real. turns out Olga. And when Olga gets shot and and like goes to, like her like her leg gets blown off. Um, and she's like, she says, "quote Well, he got what me this shot. time. Now, if he wants to take me, I'm crippled. I wonder what happened. Uh, um, I wonder what happened to the police. He must have been too smart for him." Turns out this dude, Alan, uh, what the fuck, uh, is actually named Alfonso Rocco. And uh, she and Olga were, him and Olga were married. And he has just terrorized her for the past, like, I don't know how long. Literally shot her through a window in her house. And police were like, what are you going to do about God, it? That's lovely. Damn um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, literally shoots her in the leg and like th- it, while she's sitting in her house and uh, just through the window. And police were like, oopsies, couldn't get him. I don't need and, to be careful with yeah, the guns. No, I you but, can yeah. get away with anything, uh, apparently. And then finally, he was just terrorizing the fuck out of her. Just, like, not leaving her alone. She finally was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm fucking good. Uh, I don't want fucking, uh, I don't, you know, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm leaving. She's helping her family, this, that, and the other. And that's when he convinces Pearl to fucking shoot her. What an absolute... Well, he doesn't convince her to shoot her. Yeah, he, he tricks just, her. She's naive as fuck, you know. She's not from the big city. She doesn't know that someone would be capable of this. I don't blame Dude, her. But I after mean, this yeah. happens, after this happens, like... Olga's life kind of just fucking sucks until she dies. Like she's she's Got disabled. She off. can't do and no anything. One cares. And yeah. Pearl just kind of goes and does her own thing and fucking like oh, lives her life. Yeah. Oh. Whoopsies. Remember that time I fucking blew some girl's Dude, leg off? I Whatever. Mean, holy fuck. I don't think she should suffer any charges. <laughs> no, 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 no. Absolutely not. But also, like, you know, what do you do in a Dude, situation the, like that? The guy, the boyfriend yeah, is yeah. like what a dastardly yeah. plan. Yeah. Like, 
and I, what really got me was that he got her to do the practice run. The pra- yeah, because that's how you know sure. she's like, yeah, she pulled the string. He's like, oh, I mean, bitch. I'm sure oh. she's I'm, doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, he was. He, I think he was like just making sure he was. Yeah. Or I wonder if there was like an actual camera in the first box, and she took a picture, and he's like, all right, she's oh. close enough. She is close enough to where this will fucking probably that would be kill her. clever. Dude, he's yeah. like sighting it in. Yeah. He's like, oh my god, bro. <laughs> Dude. And and if I remember correctly, uh, I think I can't remember. I don't Does remember what happened to Alfonso. Thing. I'm pretty sure he either got in a shootout with police and died, or he got arrested or whatever. I would hope he got fucking arrested. But um, I told you, I just didn't. I, yeah. I wasn't going to do too much Hilarious. on that. But it's insane. Crazy. Insane, dude. Crazy story. Bro, y'all were yeah. wild in New York. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely crazy, Why you got to get someone else involved? Just shoot yeah, her just yourself. Shoot yourself. You know yeah. Tricks a poor woman. It's like that North Korean assassination Oh, yeah. Thing, they they yeah. fucking they, they tricked. tricked those women into assassinating. Assassinating Kim Jong Un's brother. That's fucking insane. Can you imagine Sheesh. someone someone tricks you into assassinating a dictator's brother with like s- s- nerve gas? You mm-hmm. know, like a crazy nerve agent. Yeah, insane. Wow, that's, that's a crazy New York wild. kooky story. Dude, New York's fucking wild, man. <laughs> Did you know that story? Had you heard about that one? I had no idea. Yeah, there's it. probably tons of shootings it, like that in New York. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Dozens for of sure. stories. It, it, this one, yeah, this for one sure. was way back in the day. Way, way back in the day. Back when New York was like. More of a, I, you know, I can't really say anything. I've never been to New York, and I, I gotta be real with you. Um, it would be cool to visit, but I don't think I could live in New York. No. It's a bit too congested for me. From I'm, the Midwest. Yeah, we're right. from the Midwest, dude. There's like, two million people yeah. in our whole state. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> and it's like a really big state. Yeah, so it's like, and like the fact that, like, I don't know, man, I just don't think I could do it. Like, I like cities. I like living around civilization. I don't think I could live out in the fucking boonies. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, because New York, New York is. I mean, there's like a lot of different areas. In New yeah, York. You think yeah. Of New York, you think of the city. Yeah, but like, there's a lot of rural areas, like dirt. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, yeah, yeah, I can like imagine. That. No, 100. Yeah. percent Yeah, um, I'm I just, excited because I'm moving out to Pennsylvania this year, and I'll be a lot oh, really? closer to a lot yeah, of dude. the East Coast shit. I'm. Ex- oh nice. I've nice. only ever been. I think Boston is as yeah. far north as I've ever been, so I'm excited. Dude, everyone's moving to Pennsylvania. My old tattoo artist oh, just moved to, to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. I might move to Pennsylvania. Out, yeah, hell yeah. That'd be sick. Just, yeah. Every, everyone I... Everyone I know from New York is moving down south to like you know South Carolina. Florida, oh no shit! Yeah. Dude, well Florida, yeah Florida. I don't know about it. I don't know about that. It's different. One. Yeah. Florida's different. <laughs> yeah, fucking built different. But <laughs> South Carolina, I'm not sure about all that. I like shit. the Carolinas as of like a place to be. Like the culture is yeah. not amazing. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. But like they are like the weather's incredible. The food's really good, and like, I really like the sure. like nature and everything out there. It's I've never been nice. to the Carolinas, but I had a bunch of people from the Carolinas in my basic training company, and they all kind of sucked. So I yeah. was like, yeah, I'm good. The people, <laughs> yeah, yes, hard pass. On I got that to one. see dolphins out there. Yeah, though, so I was like, damn. Nice. I, I was like, the Carolinas got does dolphins hang? Dolphins out? just vibing, sweet. dude. That is kind of sick. That is kind of. <laughs> we're so far from the ocean, dude. It's yeah, just we're in a landlocked me, state. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. The ocean kind of freaks me out. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's, there's yeah, a lot. It also freaks me out. I agree. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> going too on. Much. Yeah, a lot going on in there. I don't know about. It. I don't like that. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Flat. Too much going yeah, on. We yeah. like being in Kansas where you can see the land for 100 yeah, miles. Can, yeah, I can see an enemy coming from seven miles away, dude, with my naked eye. Like, not the the ocean's like, what, what are they doing down there? What's, what's, what's going on down there? 
Well, I don't like that at all. It was good having you on, Michael. I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah, next time. No, uh, no, yeah, me too. Hopefully, next time we can have you and Simone on, and, and yeah. we can do or something. Or yeah, we no, could be sure. on your podcast if you guys want to. Oh do yeah, something. oh yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that's gonna be soon. No, no, for sure. We definitely will make yeah, that man. work soon. Shoot me a message, and we'll fucking figure out the logistics yeah, we'll of we'll everything. Definitely get that going. You want to we'll plug your stuff one yeah, more time? Yeah, you want to go ahead and plug your podcast where they can listen to it, stuff like that. Before I do, I just want to say the way you guys explain those stories were movies. Yeah. And the way I explained my story was like a trailer. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, so I was, I, I was, I was worried that that might happen, and I was like, we had expected or not expected, but had planned for something like that. Yeah. Just because yeah. not everybody yeah. is familiar with it or gets, you know, yeah. like has done. And it also, before. if you don't, if you don't ingest like a bunch of like true crime, and with our podcast, it's kind of like. We have to with the stories we cover sometimes. Yeah. If you don't ingest like a lot of true crime, it's hard to get down like the um, the the what's the fucking thing I'm trying to say. I don't know. It's hard to get down like the way you tell a true yeah, crime story, yeah. basically yeah, yeah, like yeah, exactly. the the story building. Um, so next time we can do this again. And now you'll know how to build your story. Yeah, I'll prepare. Uh, yeah. Yep. And, I'll and prepare. I, I, that was Tell probably my bad. Yeah, they, yeah that, that's a great way to put it. That was probably my bad. I should have probably explained that a little bit more. No, it's all right. Because um, I know, right. yeah, I said like just like a short synopsis yeah. of, of that. And ours were like not we, that short. We picked stories <laughs> that would be shorter. Though. Yeah. Like, they, if yeah. we were going to do two episodes or like if it was just the two of us. Uh, like that was like one and a half pages of notes. Yeah, like we usually say like three pages is <laughs> yeah. like a thirty yeah, minute yeah. or like a twenty thirty no, minute. No, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys sure. are very very good at explaining these Thank things. You. I'm Thank glad you. to hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think well, I mean, next time we can figure out. Uh, Maybe something not true crime. We can yeah, just tell like some fucking know wild about. shit. Yeah, I mean, and like guys... we we did a whole se or a lot of seasons about like just interesting um, like groups of people. Oh, like, yeah, what like they're into, like hobbies and whatever. Yeah, yeah weird communities. Yeah, yeah that's so cool. That's that the kind of thing. Fun. If you know one about or you're into, we could do something like that. Yeah, I like that idea. We just have them cool. on and do random fucking one offs of yeah. like yeah, telling good. stories and shit. That'd be badass. Yeah. So uh, we will uh, uh, coordinate that. I mean, whenever you guys got free time, for if you sure. want us on, just let us know. We, like I said, we record. Yeah, no, we we sure. all record on the same day, so it'd be pretty easy just awesome. to yeah. to yeah. fix yeah, something just up. Just jump back. Yeah, back yep. and forth. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So plug your podcast. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So I mean, what kind of party? All platforms. I mean, very simple. Yeah. You know, uh, like I said, we we talk about a whole bunch of different things, get a different type of people on. So. Depending on who we have on is the kind of conversation we have, but are you your, know, follow, uh, subscribe on all. Yeah, are you, I was going to ask if your Instagram and YouTube and all that are the same, just what kind of party yep, that's it? Instagram, TikTok, nice. uh, YouTube. I mean, we have a Twitter, but it's kind of just to show that we're here. But, yeah, nice, yeah. But nice, we post yeah. a lot on Instagram. We post a lot on YouTube Yeah, they're, they're TikTok pretty, as very, well. So. very active on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, both, which is so, we need to. Yeah, so. Um, so, yeah, that's going to conclude this episode. Gang, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Go Follow what kind of party. Give them a rate, review, and subscribe as well. We'll see you guys next week. Be safe. Be kind to others. Be kind to yourself. Know that you are loved, you are valued, you are cherished, and there's always a place for you here in this community. If no one's told you today, I'm proud of you. <laughs> 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 I will see you guys next week.